podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. Who's next? <laughs> it's Mel! <laughs> Mel, you've forgotten! I completely failed. Is it me? It's I'm you. Mel-y. I know, Lily. <laughs> Yay! I think Yay. I forgot who I was in this interlude, what, though. What did they do to you in Kunlun while you've been there, Mel? Well, you know, they did, like, hit me a lot on the head, like, that's probably why I forgot. (laughs) They hit you with those sticks and shaved your head. (laughs) Uh, Who's next? Me. Yeah. Is that your name? That's my name. (laughs) It's it's the Matt, and it's the... It's Tammy! Yay! That was the most terrible (laughs) intro we've ever done, guys. (laughs) Rubbish. I think Tammy failed a lot out of, like... Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> and we have I a very like, special guest. At some point, I'll, I'll say my name. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, just, just in the middle of the episode, just suddenly go, Tammy! <laughs> so we have a very special guest this week. We have the, uh, the what's the word begins with I? Uh, the iridescent Ian. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I mean, for a second, I thought you were going to call me I Money. <laughs> I was going to say the, the unimaginable, and I was like, that's that something to do with I. Oh, very, yeah. very late, yeah. At least uh, you didn't say incontinent. The incontinent yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I, yeah, this is what we do. I do prepare notes for the episodes. I never prepare a, uh, a, a little nickname for our guest. I always think of that on the fly, because, you know, I like to live dangerously. Anyway, <laughs> um... So this week, uh, so Ian, you're joining us this week. Can you mm. tell us what your knowledge is of Iron Fist? Have you watched all the episodes, or are you, like uh, Tammy, uh, Matt, and Mel, watching week by week? No, I have watched all the episodes. I, every time I try and <laughs> not watch the next episode, and I fail completely. <laughs> maybe with Defenders, maybe that'll be the one where I'll be able to watch along week by week. But I doubt it. <laughs> Well, that's only ten episodes, so it'll be even more tempting. That's the one everyone's waiting for. You're not going to be able to do <laughs> to. Uh... <laughs> no. I'm going to have to lock up Matt, Mel, and Tammy just so they don't watch it, like binge watch it. <laughs> so okay. unless you just podcast for the whole ten hours straight. Oh wow! Oh man. oh man! Can you imagine? I might. Yeah, I'll watch all ten hours straight, and I'll do, I'll do a live commentary of all ten hours, and by the end of it, it'll just be me going. That will literally it. So speaking of defenders, I have some news, guys. We got the first defenders teaser trailer this week and a release date. Did you guys see the teaser trailer? I'll let you watch it. There's no spoilers. Really? Yes. Did you see it? I did not. Oh, yeah. Ah. Well, I mean, Tammy, can you describe it for Matt for Matt and Mel? Um, and Ian, if he hasn't seen it, it's only 16 seconds long. I did yeah. see it. They're, they're all, all four defenders are just, uh, they look kind of worn out. They're in an elevator. And then Jessica Jones, uh, like, what does she do? She takes out the camera of she, the like, elevator. She punches the camera and destroys yeah. it. Punches the camera. And, and none of them are in costume. interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, like, Matt has, like, old school thing on his head. I think it's Jessica's scarf. You know, like, that big Is grey it? scarf she wears? I think he's put it around oh, his head. Oh, okay. To dis- obviously to disguise himself. Okay. <laughs> he's wearing a suit. <laughs> okay. So he's not in his costume? No. Well, he's, he's the he's most famous suit. one out of all of them okay. at the moment. <laughs> well, he's also the one that has to have a secret identity, because otherwise he'll be disbarred from practicing yeah. law. But, uh, and um, 
Luke Cage has got and some Danny's, bullet holes in him. Yeah, and Danny's wearing, it looks kind of like almost the suit he was wearing in this episode. Yeah. Huh. I mean, they, they Danny really should be protecting his identity as well, considering um, he's Danny Rand. Well, uh, yeah, but you know what? The dude was living out by a tree. I don't think he's protecting <laughs> well, anything. Nobody <laughs> believes who he is, anyways. Yeah, yeah there is that. <laughs> well, um, a lot of we've been discussing it kind of on some of the Facebook groups, and um, uh, I think we said that maybe Danny like looks at Matt with Jessica's scarf around his head and goes, "Huh, I wonder if I could do that, but in yellow." And then makes his <laughs> the, the, the traditional Iron Fist costume. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a good a good origin. So we also have a release day. Defenders will be released on August the 18th. So oh, we no, get, that's pretty soon. So we get a little break. <laughs> ah. Just a little break. Yeah. And then I'm assuming Punisher will be out later this year as well, I imagine. But we don't know the release date for that yet. Um, in other like news, was that? I said they're relentless with their TV they shows. Are. They just want us to <laughs> podcast every week. That's the only reason right. that they're doing it is because right. we love our podcast so much. They want us to record every week. <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah, we're on to you, Marvel. Um, <laughs> so in other news, Jessica Jones season two has started filming as well, which is really oh, cool. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And um, they've announced, they've confirmed the first cast member. Um, obviously, apart from the the regulars, um, is Janet McTeer. I don't know if you guys know her. She's mm-hmm. a British actress. She's been quite a few things. I mainly know her from Tideland by Terry Gilliam. She's a mm. she's an awesome actress. I'm really excited, but no idea who she's playing as yet. Um, and if you guys, uh, you guys and listeners haven't listened to the uh, interview episode I did with Stephanie Maslansky, the costume designer for. The Marvel Netflix shows. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, she also confirmed that after she has a break, now they finish the Defenders, she's then going back to work on Luke Cage season two. So presumably that's in pre-production and will film while Jessica Jones two is filming or after. So that seems to be how it's going. And I imagine after that they'll go into Daredevil season three later this year because that's what it seems to be. So it's pretty exciting. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. many, so many series. Oh, um, an, they also mentioned, um, or was this announced last last time you guys podcasted the uh, the uh, the other ABC show? I think it's ABC. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't mention it. Um, I only know very little about it. I'm excited by one of the characters that's going to turn up. But Matt, uh, feel free to share the details. Well, all I know is they're going to do their first comedy series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be the new warriors, I think. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's, I think what, that's what it's called. It. Um, and it's got Squirrel Girl in it. Yay! Yay! That's what we care about. Um, <laughs> that, that's a big problem with fans. They're saying, why can't Squirrel Girl just get her own series? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she'll they carry it. Maybe she'll be a breakout star and get her own series. That would be cool. Um, she should be played yeah. by Kristen Shaw. There's another bit of news that came out this week that isn't as great. Um, I can't remember where the interview happened, but oh god, uh, the the Marvel executive oh. made some comments about the current Marvel comic lineup. Oh yes, um, and they basically mentioned that they believe that kind of failing sales with Marvel comics is is down to their new um, focus on diversity. 
and not storytelling. And not storytelling, which I read and went, <coughs> bullshit. And um, <laughs> because I, I mean, I've, I'm not really heavy into the, the Marvel comics recently. Just, I mean, mainly I don't, I don't have the time and I can't afford them. So I don't read as many. And luckily the character or characters that I really care about reading regularly are not in multiple issues. You know, it's not like Spider-Man or Wolverine. So it's only really um, Daredevil and uh, is the issue is the monthly issue I get, and at the moment Jessica Jones because she's got her own her own issue. Um, right. So so I haven't read a lot of the the crossover and the big events um, in the last couple of years, but it, it feels like there's just those coming out every other week, like big events, and you it feels it feels uh, quite overwhelming. Even though I'm a Marvel fan, for me to get into the comics and to know exactly what's happening so i can't imagine what it's like for new readers so i imagine that would have more of an effect on it oh uh, but it is i mean there's things i've been wanting to read and the ones that the stories that sound good are the ones that have diversity in it it's just you know i want to read thor you know mm-hmm. i want i've heard some great things about um spider woman as well it's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in the new wolverine AKX twenty three mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the new Iron Man. Yeah, and then I mean, just going back a bit, um, I remember reading Mars Morales when he first came out mm-hmm. as well. And he, I, I just, I, I prefer him far beyond Peter Parker. He's actually he's an interesting, compelling character. Well, Mars Morales has become a very popular character in his own right, which is is great. And then you have other ones like. Um, like Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy, you know, with Spider Man powers. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah, exactly. And um, so I don't think it is diversity that's a problem. I think it's a really good way of of moving on with these characters. So to have um, new characters yeah, coming in, like Iron Heart, which is the new Iron Man, which is Riri Williams. Um, I think that's great. Um, I mean, you, uh, we you still love have them. Tony Stark. You still have Tony. We Stark, love them, so. but I don't know how many young people, young mm-hmm. open-minded people buy comics. Maybe the comics are being sustained on, like, 40-year-old people who grew up on these white male characters and they don't want to see them go. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, but that's well... a dwindling market, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is there... Well, well if, they're, if they're actually having less and less sales and, you know, that means the core market of that 40-something white guy is also sh- shrinking. Yeah. So, it, it, I anyway, kind of feel I like, like they're not committing to, you know, making a change. They've got to change because, at least from what I've seen of comics history, every 30 years or so, the comics have to make a substantial change if yeah. they want to stay relevant. Yeah, you have to. You, you always have to. And also, comic continuity ties itself in so many knots. You, you have to almost like rewrite stuff every so often for instance at the moment in the comics um nobody knows that matt murdoch is daredevil um which is a massive rewrite because uh he's basically revealed his identity to anyone and as we've seen in the series is pretty happy to reveal his identity to anyone he's like (laughs) hey by the way i'm a daredevil but um they we don't know exactly why that is because this is still in continuity of him having revealed his identity and they are meant to be revealing it in the next few weeks. But this is the thing. They they write themselves into corners because if you have everyone knowing that he's he's Daredevil, then he can't practice law. And therefore you lose that whole aspect 
of the character that everyone loves, which is the vigilante by night lawyer in the day. So they comics have to change because they do end up writing themselves into corners. But um, it would be interesting to see what sort of happens from here after this reaction oh, yeah. um, to it. But we'll have to see. Especially as it could end up impacting, you know, these shows really we're actually enjoying. Yeah, yeah, true. But, I mean, we don't know for now. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um, in other news, uh, Tammy, Yeah. I think I've told you already, but um, your spirit animal, Kyle, the assistant. <laughs> yes, you told me. I, I, had a me- I had a message from Alex Weiss, who plays Kyle, and he said he'd listened to an episode of our show and he really enjoyed it. So thank you, Alex. Fantastic. <laughs> I thought you'd be happy to uh, to hear that. Uh, <laughs> so I just want to know when he's going to reveal that he's behind everything in this. Well, I've, I've said like like Thanos is actually Kyle in a big purple mask. Yeah. Kyle is getting the Infinity Stones together. Wouldn't that be amazing if it was Kyle and Turk who are behind everything? Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, this week. We... Oh, and it's revealed their secret lovers. <laughs> well, that would be even better. Oh, Turk and Kyle. Oh, be adorable. <laughs> so this week we are uh, talking about Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch, which is episode three of season one. So episode three of season one, quick synopsis is uh, Joy proves herself a shrewd business person. Danny recalls a painful memory. Does he? I can't remember that. What was it? He's getting hit with sticks. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was it. <laughs> and Colleen, <laughs> I was thinking when he, when he made the bowl, I was like, what memory? And Colleen puts her talents to good use. <laughs> I was like, what painful memory was it? A very traumatic... Oh, my, also, hasn't Danny recalled a painful memory in every episode so far? Usually the death of his parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. It's they a, it's really want us to feel bad for him, for this rich man. They really <laughs> want us to feel bad for this rich white man. For this one <laughs> percent white dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Tammy, he's just a poor little puppy lost in the city. Oh. Lost in the big city. He's the richest little puppy in New York. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we start off the episode at uh, Chikara Dojo. Uh, guys, I just wanted to point out something. I don't know if this will interest you, Matt, but I think we have a little game to play from episodes going forward. So remember in uh, last week's episode where Colleen was wearing her jacket that had a little tiger on it? Yeah. Well, in this episode, I noticed that in yeah. Colleen's apartment, she has a little statue of a crane. And I just want to point out in Chinese martial arts, the five animals associated with them are the tiger, the crane, the leopard, we get leopard punch, the snake, and the dragon. What about the monkey? Uh, well, he wasn't on Wikipedia, so um, I will just add him in my notes. <laughs> and the monkey, there we go. <laughs> also, she doesn't practice, she doesn't, she doesn't practice uh, Chinese martial arts, though, does she? I think she oh, practices everything. <laughs> But she's got real emphasis on Japanese heritage and Japanese martial arts, it looks like, though. But she does... But uh, he was like, you should should teach Kung Kung Fu here. Maybe she wants to teach Kung Fu. Is the panda one of the martial arts animals because of Kung Fu Panda? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. 
Our listeners can tell us. Well, so I think we should look out for references to tiger, crane, leopard, snake, dragon, monkey, and panda. And panda. (laughs) (laughs) So, a group of guys break into the dojo and they wake Colleen up. Um, It's our old friend Shannon again. (laughs) Poor Shannon. (laughs) Um, I just like to think that she's just really pissed that they woke her up. Yeah. (laughs) I would be. This would be me if, like... God, if, like, one of my housemates woke me up when coming in the house and I was asleep, <laughs> I'd go down there and, like, kick the shit out of them. <laughs> Not really. In my mind, I would. I was going to say, you might want to warn them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, I have to ask you, You there is a lot of Colleen fighting in this episode. Did this make your heart grow three sizes in its chest? Yes. Uh, I almost died. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I like it. Cool. I thought you. I thought you would, and I thought you'd particularly like a moment that happens later in the episode. Um, Mel, are you, what are you thinking of the show so far? By the way, um, I don't mind it. I don't really like Danny Rand that much. Oh, oh why? Because <laughs> like he's because he's rich and white. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I I wish I could like rich white dudes. But <laughs> <laughs> you married Matt. What are you on about? <laughs> Yeah, he is my sugar daddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, the two traditional white male superheroes are the least likable out of the defenders. <laughs> I, think because, I think it's because he's, like, kind of so naive. And I feel like, you know, he was in the war, like, the regular world decent amount of time i feel like he should know a bit more than he does do you know what i mean like i feel like i don't know maybe it, that he's just... got some damage to his his brain from when he's been hit yeah. by sticks by the monks well, it's, it's just, it's not that though he's also he's also suffering from ptsd and goes into random anger fits you know mm-hmm. from, yeah. you know it's just it's that kind of mix that you know uh this is a damaged person mm-hmm. and he's also got this immense chip of privilege on his shoulder of you know i want my what my dad was going to give me of whereas you know the meters kind of have a point in this they've worked for you know what they've got uh, to a point mm-hmm. yeah most of it was handed to them by their father but they're still, they still work quite hard at, you know, building their company up more. I think as well, Danny was, um, in his first 10 years, was probably slightly sheltered. I mean, it sounds like they, they had a, he had a relatively normal upbringing, but he was also, like, homeschooled, we found out. Um, he didn't really, by the sounds of it, associate with many other children apart from Joy and Ward. So mm. it's not entirely a normal upbringing. Um, you know, so he probably has been a bit sheltered, um, in a respect. What did you guys think about, like, the, because it's a bit of a trope that someone's hiding, (laughs) someone's hiding, because as I put in my notes, Colleen says she hasn't seen Danny, but then she and the audience, uh, discover, oh, what a feeling, Danny Rand's on the scene. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, is it... I have a question about that, actually. Okay. Does 
is his power located only in one single fist? Is it both fists? In is the it... comics, it's both fists. But so okay, because I was wondering. One fist. I was wondering, is it his one fist, two fists, his extremities? <laughs> like I didn't. I don't know, I didn't know so he has iron but fists and iron the, feet. Isn't the yeah, explanation? Like... Isn't the explanation that he can channel his energy into the fist? But yes. It's just the one fist whenever they do show it. Could he channel his energy into his nose? Or his lips? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about his penis? <laughs> yes. Imagine having yes. sex with him. It would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it would start glowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but halfway through, it will have a, an intense flashback to his time in Kudlun. So. Oh no! <laughs> Oh, and he'll start crying. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Oh, man. Um, but, it, I mean, it is like a, a cliche of someone hiding on the ceiling and like, oh, no, their drop of sweat or blood has given them away. So, uh, you know, that's how Colleen notices him. Um, but Colleen's pretty badass in this scene because she manages to take out all these guys by herself. Like, Danny doesn't yeah, do like anything. And then she does the same thing that he did, where she takes the clip out of the gun, and I'm pretty sure she leaves the clip and the gun on his side of the door, she and does. she doesn't, and she doesn't remove the the bullet in the chamber still. So he could have, like, she could have handed him the gun, and he could have been like, "Oh, thanks, bang." <laughs> <laughs> but but Danny is even worse because literally they've stepped away from the door like two seconds ago. Danny jumps down, which they might have heard, and then stands in front of the glass panel in the door. So if that guy, if Shannon yeah. decided to go, actually, I'm going back, he'll look in the door and go, oh my god, Danny Rand, he's right there. Yeah. Bang. And, and the following the morning, yep. he's performing Tai I think, in front of an open window, yep. assuming that, you know, they wouldn't be continuing to monitor Colleen Wing's place, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Danny, look, look, you just need, you need to take... A, you know, a tip from like your fellow defenders and learn about creeping around a bit more. <laughs> Not so much out no. in the open. Um, so in the next scene, uh, oh, this is when also Colleen obviously tells him he has to leave by morning. In the next scene, Ward heads to Meacham Tower again, and we get this awesome synth music on the soundtrack, which is great, and I love it. It uh, is the music from the FBI. <laughs> it is the music from the FBI. I love it. Because I told Dan, I was like, what is this music? And he's like, uh, it's the FP music. And I was like, it is. It is the FP music. It is insane. <laughs> if anyone has not seen the FP, you need to rectify that right now. Not right now. <laughs> Don't turn the episode off. But wait until the end of this Should episode. Should we leave the podcast? Yeah, let's all go. Okay. <laughs> Mic drops. Um, but you need to go and see the FP as soon as you can, because uh, it is a great film. Uh, it's amazing. It has, if you like fashions, it has all the best fashions. Isn't that right, Tammy? I love everything about that movie. The fashions, <laughs> the um, the words that they use, just everything. Everything it's is amazing. A masterpiece. Uh, so Harold Meacham is in his Deadpool chamber, as I called oh, it. Oh, he's in his classic villain um, sealed chamber, you know, hyperbolic chamber thing. Hyperbolic, yeah, like we don't know exactly what it's doing. Oh, I thought obviously Tammy cr started crying here because Kyle is not at his desk. You either cry or you cheer because you're like, oh, Kyle's finally got a day off. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, no, he's I just on his hours um, sleep break. 
Aww. He gets an hour off each day to go and have a sleep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of looked like concerned about like what he where he was sleeping. I I just was like, what is this? Oh, I, his I, chamber. I like. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't like. I thought maybe he was like in a greenhouse and he was like photosynthesizing or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact Getting that there is vitamins. an old. <laughs> there's an old school phone to talk to him, like with a coil. Because I was thinking they're like billionaires and they still have this old school phone. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. But this is like, yeah, hyperbolic shape. So why do you think he's in here? And in a minute, when he's he has his little tiny bottles, like I don't know what he's doing. It looks like homeopathy or some other crap. But uh, what do you think's going on with him? Like, what's happening? He's actually dead, but he needs to sustain himself somehow. Ooh. Ooh. So he did die. <laughs> yeah, what I don't know. That? He made oh. a deal with the hand or something that he could come back to life if he Ooh. died, and then they brought him back to life. What, I don't know. In, uh... I'm forgetting his name now. The his assistant. I'm sorry, it's Kyle. Tribe. But I'm just I'm just thinking now he's actually um how Meacham's thrall and um how's feeding up his life force. <laughs> oh. mm, okay. Maybe. So he's Dracula and um Kyle is, is his Renfield. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna start eating cockroaches and be like, Master <laughs> So, oh, yeah, sorry. If you're used to me on any other of my podcasts, I just go off on a wild theory. And don't I, just worry. Love <laughs> I love all these theories. So, so you guys, so you think a possibility is that he he is dead or was dead, and then he got brought back to life by the hand, like kind of yeah. like they did with um, uh, Nobu. Yeah, yeah, or something, something similar to that. Because yeah, he's definitely owes the hand something i thought maybe it was just a like a, some sort of chamber that's like filled with oxygen that he likes to oh like in. those rich people like when rich people are like you know go to like those oxygen bars mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i've i've had a, a shot of oxygen it was all right yeah <laughs> it was just okay like yeah, not, I mean... not that great no, I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like, yeah, I didn't really understand the point of it. Huh. You know, but it was fine. I, obviously, I'd be a terrible rich person because I don't appreciate these things. <laughs> <laughs> but you would learn to. That's oh, the key. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You would, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, actually, I, re- I, would lo- I would be a great rich person. Send me your money, everyone. <laughs> So how creepy is that shot of Harold when he's leaving the coffin? He's just smiling at Ward. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. it's so creepy. And it just took forever for the um, bed to move out, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was just, just like, eh, smile, smile. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, he very kindly offers to, well, he says he wants to pay for the broken door at the hospital. And I was thinking, um, more like the wall. I think Danny took down the entire wall. <laughs> um, and then they talk a little bit about this peer offer with Patel, which obviously we find out about. And kind of mirroring what, like when Ward says later to Joy that she doesn't need to know what the peer deal is about. We see that here where um, Harold tells Ward he doesn't need to know what the deal is. So really, Harold is running things um, oh, yeah. through Ward. Yeah, I mean... And then Ward's just dictating to Joy, pretty much. 
it really is this whole scene here and this episode where I started to really feel more sympathetic towards Ward. It's, you know, he's been abused his whole life and, yeah, he's not turned out well, but you can see why he's not turned out that well. Yeah. It, I will, know, I will it, say my favourite characters in this series are all the so-called villains. Like, in this series, every single one of my favourite characters. There you go. The villains are your favorite characters? Yeah, yeah. Every I, like, I think I have three characters. I, I mean, I love Colleen as well. So, but leaving Colleen out of it as a main character, uh, all the all the supporting characters are the the villains. I think. Well, J Money as well, of course. Oh yeah, well, I mean J Money. We'll get to her. I mean, are you just talking about Iron Fist and not all of them? No, Marvel? Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so. This is when Harold wants Joy on the Patel deal and poor Ward looks all sad. And I agree with Ian, I feel sympathy for him. And particularly when Harold kidney punches him for disobeying him. I was like, yeah, jeez, yeah. that would hurt. Right in the also, kidneys. Bill, it also looks like it wasn't the first time and Harold's well, we, just going to give yeah. Ward kidney disease at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that um, Harold's father beat him with the belt because he'd said that before. So obviously this is just a, a cycle of violence, you know, going on. So he was beaten by his father, so he beats Ward. I'm guessing. I don't think he would beat Joy. Um, Didn't he say he liked it too? That he liked yeah. that his father killed him. Yeah, yeah, and he missed his dad. It's like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really messed up. Yeah, yeah not good. Um, so in the next scene, Colleen is meditating in her apartment when she is interrupted by. Danny playing hip hop and doing um, some tai chi. <laughs> I was like, this is totally, this is totally something that that probably Tammy and I would both do. Because <laughs> I have done yoga before while listening to like like yeah. gangster rap, you know, and I I like it if it has a good beat. It's quite nice doing like slow stuff too. Uh, well, no, I haven't done it in years, but I used to meditate to a prodigy song. I can't remember which one. <gasps> oh, one. amazing! Yeah, it was. It really was. <laughs> I we had Radio Nineties on at my work today, and the best thing about Radio Nineties is occasionally they play like a song by the Prodigy, and fourteen-year-old Claire comes out, and I just start dancing around the shop, just like <laughs> feel the pressure. Don't play my game, I'll test you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the Prodigy. Um, I kind of like fifteen-year-old Claire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry she's not here anymore. She was much cooler than thirty-seven-year-old Claire. <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah. When I'd go clubbing all night, and now I'm like, oh, it's eight o'clock. Better, better have some cocoa and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Danny's doing his tai chi, and Daryl, who we spoke about last week, who was in Luke Cage, has arrived and is cleaning the dojo. Uh, and then, Danny, I want to get you guys' uh, opinion on this scene because Danny oh, says he stayed. Get... What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> you're gonna get my opinion oh okay cool 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 <laughs> I, I can imagine what you're gonna say so danny says he stayed because he's worried for her safety and then they have like their little fight and stuff and he's kind of teaching her to telling her she has too much uh external force and then he teaches her the leopard punch um go mel go because some people oh. have criticized this scene for mansplaining <laughs> You, well, yeah. do you know do you know what this scene reminded me of? It reminded me of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner in Daredevil the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's, it's, it's the playground scene all over again. Than that. 
It's exactly almost the same, like the same tone, the same kind of flirtatious behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, and yeah, he was. Yeah, but they're not in the playground fighting on the no, swing. No, but they might as well have been. <laughs> they weren't flying through the air on wires, thankfully. Oh. Yeah. This, this, I, I don't even think it's just this scene. Um, but I think it is, it's predominantly this one. There was a lot of people complaining because they were saying, oh, he's being such an arsehole because he comes into her dojo and he tells her she should teach Kung Fu. And then he starts, like, teaching her all these moves and she's the sensei and blah, blah, blah. And then it's been defended because some people have said, yeah, that's true, but he is also the Iron Fist. Like, in if there was a, a ranking, you know, of martial artists, he would outrank her. He's, like, the best martial artist in the world. So he could yeah. teach her some things. Well, he believes that anyway. But, well, no, he he is like that, that is that is what his role is. You know, he he is one of the greatest martial artists in in Marvel. You know, apart from maybe like Shang Chi or someone like that. But, um, but I mean, in in her opinion, like he's just some dude off a street that's making these crazy claims. Yeah, you know? and he's kind of backing them up by showing his skills and stuff. But yeah, at the same time. Like, he doesn't do it the best way. Like later when he tells da- um not tells Daryl off, he tells the kid off in the class. It's like you could have maybe dealt with that a bit better, Danny. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's why I have mixed feelings about it because I get it. He he is better than her mm-hmm. as far as you know this skill of martial arts because he's the Iron Fist and that's fine. And he can go ahead and teach her stuff, but. He has no, and this goes back to him, like, not really being part of society much before he went mm. to, to uh, Kunlun, but he just has no, like, social grace or, like, his thought process doesn't go to here is how to teach someone something versus showing off is what it looked like. And I don't mm-hmm. think it was supposed to be that. But that's the way it came off. And then, you know, same thing. It's like the way she's running her dojo is not necessarily to teach these people the best skills. Mm-hmm. It's She tells them it's because this is the place that they come to because they're getting bullied and they just need a safe place. Yeah. And yeah, but he doesn't let it. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it comes down to learned behavior, doesn't it? Uh, this yeah. is the way he was taught and this is the way. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, he was shown to impart knowledge to others because, but it it doesn't work for everyone else. It worked for that very specific situation he was in once. Yeah, but you know what? She hit her students before he ever did. (laughs) (laughs) They're on that that training mission out there. She was really hitting them. But but they knew it was coming. They (laughs) knew what they were in for. Versus like he, that's not. He just like. It's not his place. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not his dojo to, you know... Yeah. basically, like, stepping all over her dojo. Mm. Yeah, if there had been any... I mean, I don't think that kid should have been, like, acting like he he was, because I think he was kind of disrupting it and disrespecting the dojo. But um, that would be up to Colleen as the sensei to dish out any punishment. Like, I think Danny was out of line. What Um, I do like, though, he... Sorry. That's okay. I was just going to say what I do like is uh, Colleen actually calls him on it and mm-hmm. tells him to leave. Yes. Yes, which is great. He does. He does. He respects and he And he does bow yeah. when he leaves as well. So, he's, yeah. you know. Um, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I keep going back to the fact that it's like I, I don't 
I don't like the way he handled things, but I don't necessarily fault him because he is better than her. He doesn't understand how you're supposed to interact with people. And this just all proves that, you know, and it's just like, so I can't like be super upset at him because mm-hmm. I don't think it was a mansplaining situation. Mm-hmm. I really think it was, he's just, you know, he's just better than her. And, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that I like it. I don't like the way he handled No, he's it. got a, a, an awkward way of well, explaining. He's super part of the, awkward. Part of the growth <laughs> I hope the character has, like maybe through the Defenders, is because he's a very naive character and i kind of hope um we see him develop more into like a a mentor not a mentor to the other defenders but i don't know he develops more into that that kind of mentor um headspace you know where you know the kind of thing of he was once the student now he is the teacher type thing um to see him get there i think that would be an interesting character arc but at this point he definitely seemed like the least experienced of all the defenders and he at least at this point, he definitely feels like he's going to be the apprentice to the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, by the way, when uh, Colleen says you're going to have to sleep in the corner, I just really wanted the camera to pan over and there'd be a little doggy bed. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> um, I also wanted her to beat his ass, by the way, but I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I really wish it did. That um, happens next and I, episode, oh, Tammy. Yeah. And I really like her joggers, her little pants. I, I, was, like, I was like, I want those. I just, I liked her pajamas. Like, I like all the stuff <laughs> yeah. she wears. They're so cute. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, she goes along to this club later, but what did you kind of make of um, Colleen's disapproval of Daryl's decisions? And Oh, we'll get to that. I thought that was happened right after the confrontation. No, we go into no next scene is um uh uh, Joy and Ward discussing Danny, and this is when Joy wants to accommodate him, but Ward uh, is saying that she needs to look into the peer deal with with Raj. It was just that scene. There's there's no skipping ahead on this podcast. No skipping ahead. <laughs> Only skipping ahead on Calavici fashion cars. No, we can and, definitely and skip ahead, but I think um, that scene kind of works better, like just before um, uh, yeah. we go into the well, into the other one. But before that, hitting on Calavici fashion cars. Um, mm-hmm. What's it? Jerry Hogarth would be great on that, given what she says oh, later yeah. in the episode. Oh, absolutely! Oh, she's yep. so sassy, and I love her. Yeah, I love her so much. Um. So in the next scene, where Danny's meditating outside of Joy's uh, house, he's like, where did he get the money to buy these flowers and incense and oranges and rose petals and get a haircut and a shave? Because his hair and his beard are shorter. (laughs) He He sold them or sold his body. (laughs) Unless he he did some more um, meditating tai or whatever in the uh, park again and just (laughs) this time actually went out to get money for it. I was thinking he he might have stolen the origins like he can't steal a haircut now he can't run in <laughs> cut his hair and then run out again then I don't know how he did it it's magic Mel um, only knows the thieving way <laughs> I thought it would have made sense <laughs> yeah Mel we're, we're learning all your secrets <laughs> he went to a dog grooming parlor oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god yes. Oh, so they should have put a little bow in his hair. 
I thought it would have made more sense if he had the haircut and the shave after Jerry gave him the money for clothes later. Yeah. So when yeah, he went into the offices, have... because then it would have had more impact when he he ran into the restaurant and kind of threatened Joy and Ward if he looked more like the kind of crazy homeless person that he did with the longer beard and hair, you know? Mm. But he already had the short hair by then. I don't know. Mm. Do you think a dog groomer would accept a shave and cut a homeless man? <laughs> if he was a puppy, like like Doggy Rand, they would. <laughs> They'd be like, look, clearly this is a, a golden labradoodle puppy trapped in a human. And the dog groomer would go, yes, yes, he is. Bring, bring him into my groomers right away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seriously, this mental image will not go. <laughs> um, so this is quite a sweet scene where they're sitting chatting on the step um, about, and Danny mentions that he dreamt about Harold in the hospital. Um, and then when we go inside, did you guys appreciate the chandelier this time? So we get a proper shot of it, and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Is that a chandelier? I thought it was just some giant column. No, it's a chandelier. It's amazing. What? It's amazing. Yeah. There's no way. Even yeah. Danny is impressed. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just a weird shiny column. No, it's I a chandelier. It's hanging. Oh my God. found it a little weird that he looked up the stairs and looked uh, uh, as if, wow, this is a nice place. Because you know what he looks like? Two days ago. He looks like, yeah, he looks exactly. like a puppy bounding up to the stairs and looking <laughs> up the stairs. Like, ooh, ooh, I wonder what's up here. Oh, um, but, but I'm with you, Ian. He was just there. I didn't understand this at all. <laughs> And also, where's Joy's dog gone? Because you'd think her dog would come and greet her now, at the now door. She... That's what I thought he was looking for when he came in. He was like, <laughs> keeping all around. I was like, yeah, where's that yeah. dog? They didn't mention it. Yeah, maybe that's maybe what he was uh, looking for. locked in the library. So. She, fired, she, fired, she fired her dog because he was useless. <laughs> Spoilers, guys. I don't think we ever see that dog again. Oh, no. I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I'm trying to think. Oh, what happened to the dog? Oh. <laughs> Dog watch. Dog watch. We're going to be on dog watch. So Joy gives him the offer of a hundred million for his shares, and even I at that point was like, um, fifty-one percent of the company—that's not much. Hundred million dollars yeah. when they're clearly trillionaires. Um, but says he has to change his name, and Danny gets all upset. He says it's not about the money. Runs off. Um, we all. This is also when we see the little bowl that Danny made. And oh, yes. And it's yeah, and it's sitting on the table, and I just was like, oh well, that's gonna come back because they made like, I feel like they made a little bit of a a deal about it without saying it. I just felt like it pulled so much focus. <laughs> and it's also yellow and green, which is yeah, yeah. traditional colors. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next scene is when Colleen's in the dojo, and this is when she asked Daryl about the cut on his face. So go, Ian, right. go. Yeah, no, I was just wondering because. It, you know, it's the she's really trying to, as she said earlier, this is a safe space for everyone who comes here, and she she's really trying to help Daryl here. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it's the, the dojo is really important to her to help the people of the community. I think. Yeah, but she doesn't want him fighting. Yeah. She goes into fighting later, um, and seems to enjoy it. I mean, we can talk more about that when we get there. The thing I like about this scene is a very minor detail, but I like that when Daryl is saying about why he fights, he mentions he's got to provide for his family, and he says, I've got my mums and two brothers. 
So yeah, that's his, a very his, small. His parents are in a same-sex marriage, and I thought that was really cool. I was like, that's such a cool yeah. way of including um, LGBTQ representation, but without putting it like in your face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, really, which is really is, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, anybody else think he looked like a very young kid from Kid and Play? Like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, Kid and Play was like, I, house party. I guess they were hip, hip hop, but they were like such. Oh, like, house party! Years. Is it the guy with yeah. the square hair? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, it was very symmetrical. Yeah, <laughs> as I recall. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what that is. I saw him. <laughs> nice. just, he must be doing really well at his studies because, you know, episode one and two, um, Colleen was teaching him, and in this episode, he's actually seems to be a teacher for some of the uh, younger students, well, wow. earlier students, I should say, you know. He's up for a scholarship under yeah. her recommendation. Mm. He must be doing well. Yeah. So in the next scene, Danny visits the Rand Graves and sits and has a cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. And uh, there are flowers on each of the graves. And then he asks uh, the friendly gardener about who provides the flowers. And then in the next scene, we get a shapely pair of legs in some heels. And when did you guys realise that this was Jerry? Uh... As soon as I looked up and saw her. <laughs> <laughs> and you went, oh. Um, I was so excited she was in this. I love her so much. She yeah. brings much-needed sass to the show, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I love getting some of her backstory as well. Mm-hmm. J-Money. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could, and I can just imagine her um, 15 years ago <laughs> having that small uh, desk in the copy room. Well, like, and they, they say, like, Danny says that she called Margaret a hatchet-faced bitch, and I wrote, yep, that sounds like Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that, that this character, obviously, we had her in Jessica Jones, we had her in um, Daredevil Season 2 very briefly, and now she's obviously in this show, and I love that she seems to be a bit of the connecting tissue as well, just like Mahoney um, and uh, Turk and Claire Temple, you know? She yeah. seems... Like out of character though, because she was so nice. I don't but know. I'm gonna take this I think for. She's got a history. We only saw Sorry. her briefly. That's all right. We only saw her briefly in Daredevil season two, which was after the events of Jessica Jones. But you have to kind of think that that must have really affected her and Jessica Jones, because she was indirectly responsible for the death of her wife, um, yeah. and sending her new fiance probably to prison. We don't know. And she got cut up. By um, by her wife, by Wendy, and also she was used by Kilgrave, which we've seen how that has affected people before, like how it affected Jessica and how it affected um, Malcolm and Simpson, you know. And so she's probably dealing with some stuff as well. So I don't think it's it's changed her to a huge extent, but I think maybe it's softened her slightly. And I also think, as I was saying, she's got a history with the Rand family and. You know, yeah. Danny's father really helped her out, and you know she must have really liked Danny as a kid as well. So it's yeah. Uh, he, She's been I'm, handling the estate since yeah, it since I, I, they died. And I really like the fact that you know she's the first character to 
really believe Danny off the bat straight away with hardly any proof. Well, she can probably is quite is quite good at reading bullshit. You know, she's yeah a lawyer. Um, yeah. yeah, I like well, the fact that she finally reads. also doesn't say like his weird ass like story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's too crazy to say now. I wonder. Yeah, oh, does he even yeah. say that to Jerry oh, like, about the monks and stuff and like? Oh, by the way, I can channel my chi into my fist. Because then I think Jerry would be like, okay, bye. (laughs) I got very excited by the fact that Jerry says that if they win against Rand, uh, all she wants is for her company to be on permanent retainer for Rand. Uh, Because that means that if they are representing Rand, you know who else is representing Rand? Foggy Nelson! Yay! So I was very excited by that. So maybe that will come up in the Defenders. That would be a good connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have, like, Foggy. That's how Foggy meets, I don't know, meets Danny somehow. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So um, Jerry gives him the money for clothes as well at this point, so he can go and get some more clothes. <laughs> she also says um, she has a suite uh, for these sorts of situations. I'm presuming that's the apartment we see later. Yes. I think so. It has a little message on the TV, like, welcome to New York, Danny Rand, Daniel Rand. Um, (laughs) So, and that apartment, that, like, little suite, oh my god, it was sweet. It was a sweet suite. So, in the next scene, Joy is all dressed up. Ward is in his suit. (coughs) Excuse me. And this is where Joy tells Ward that she can handle Patel by herself. And they get into the limo with him. And I like that we see the petals are still on the step, like some of them. Is it just me that gets weird Lannister vibes from the both of them? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it was yeah, going well, a bit Lannister in that scene, but then she like yeah. flipped his tie, and that was yeah, more like I siblings. Think... Yeah, but they are know. living together. I, th- I think they're too close. I think they're way Yeah, too close. it's a little weird. Also, this is the first outfit that she's wearing that I don't like. I don't like that outfit. Uh, oh, you like the clothes too? She looked very Millennium Trump. I, I love, but I love, I love most of her dresses though. They're all really pretty. yes, yeah. There um, the... is Ivanka and Eric Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can see them being super uh, overly close as well. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a rich kid, like rich sibling thing. Ugh. I don't know. Well, then I guess I'm glad I didn't grow up rich. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'd much rather just be, have, like, you know, hold anger toward my sibling. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> do you end up either becoming, like, um, the Trumps, or you end up trapped in, um, some mystical <laughs> place? <laughs> I don't know. One I definitely wouldn't want to no be a Trump. Trump. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in the next scene, Harold is boxing with his trainer, and he wants to move on to learning about weapons, and then the lights are out, and then we hear a familiar voice. Yeah. What happened to the trainer? Where did he go? <laughs> I imagine <laughs> that there was a trap door, and he it opened, and he fell for it. And went, oh, <laughs> goodbye. Oh, Madame Gow just, like, knocked him out. <laughs> I don't know. He just disappears. Kind of did, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. This is awesome. Though. I love that Harold drops the glass, like, as, as soon as he hears her voice, and I'm, you know, probably pisses himself as well, because he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> so great like madam gal oh i was like yeah one of my favorite characters i love her so much you and mean we don't melanie gal yeah. yeah melanie gal <laughs> see this is what happens mel returns 
Mel returns from Kunlun and Melanie Gao returns <laughs> to the show. <laughs> they are one and the same, listeners. One and the same. <laughs> and she tells him to kneel on the glass. And yeah. I was thinking, well, you don't have to put your hands on it. You can just kneel on it. You've got trousers on. You could have pushed so, him aside uh, with his foot. I don't know about anyone else, but when she uh, smashed her uh, cane on the ground, I was imagining uh, sparks to fly out and the whole Nanny McPhee thing to happen. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, she she never, like, she just said kneel down. She didn't say, like, kneel down in the glass. He brought that up. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he could have, like, taken a step to the left or right and then knelt down. <laughs> and he didn't have to put his hands on the ground as well. Yeah. I don't think that uh, Madam Girl cares about semantics, Matt. Because <laughs> <laughs> as if he went, well, you didn't say, she'd be like, ah, die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So Daryl is teaching the class at the dojo, and Danny enters, and he's got some new clothes, and he watches, but he's not pleased with this sassy student, and he rips him a new one, and then he walks him through the moves. And when the student blows a raspberry, that's when Danny knocks him to the ground. So we've talked about this scene. Yeah. Um, and so in her apartment, Colleen confronts Danny. And this is when he says about, are you training warriors or doing a kindergarten? It's like, neither. It's not, it's not like, that. that's very different, Danny. Like, there are bits in the middle, you know. Um, but he does apologise, which is good. And then we find out exactly what Joy is up to when the limo arrives at our old friend, friendly hospital, Metro General. And she leads Roy, uh, Raj, sorry, Roy. <laughs> she leads Raj inside and they see yeah. Kevin Kennedy on life support. Before we went into the Kevin Kennedy scene, I really thought she was taking him to this weird rave where they serve <laughs> medical... Um... <laughs> Uh, you do you mean Club Antichrist in London, Ian? Which I've been to when it was medical night, and they do bondage on a dentist chair. Do you mean that, Club Ian? Yes. This is the thing. As I said, younger Claire, much cooler than present Claire. (laughs) All night clubbing in the industrial goth fetish uh, scene. Definitely cooler than younger Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Also, had much more energy than current Clegg. Well, that's the same. (laughs) (laughs) We're all getting old. Um, I used to just do a finger dance to cheesy music. (laughs) (laughs) I I was too cool to actually dance to the cheesy music my friend was dancing to, so I'd just stand with him and just wiggle my finger about. (laughs) Amazing. This scene is so creepy. <laughs> like, oh. like, and it, it shows like how much power the ra- like Rand, the, not the Rands, but Rand as a corporation has that they can just go, oh yeah, this this uh, these organs are not going to, or this organ is not going to go on the national list. So what, if, like, yeah. have they paid the hospital something? Like, oh, it's so creepy. And how yeah. do we know that this guy wasn't like already kind of okay, and they just kind of made him? <gasps> Oh, terrible. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. yeah and it, it it shows you that actually Joy's more ruthless than Ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. Ward doesn't... He, he's shaking his head thinking, no, you're going too far. We start to get it, a, a switch around in this episode. Yeah. Particularly yeah, later it, when he's talking about walking away from everything and we get to see that he's maybe not as 
as ruthless and you know as happy with his situation as joy is and particularly we see joy is ruthless in this scene but also when it's uh it's hinted at that she is the one that gave jerry the bowl that means that danny now has his 51 percent share there's proof hmm. because she'd said to ward she wishes everything was more simple but at the same time she's also playing a part completely of you know still actually presenting the front of i'm you know she's doing that as a friend to danny but as the you know uh, one of the chief partners or whatever it is mm -hmm. of uh, the company she's saying no we've revised this, this into a worse deal for you because of you, you know you almost assaulted my brother yeah it's just she's able to be a businesswoman but also be uh, uh, you know try and be a person at the same time yeah she's she's sneaky she's a sneaky one yeah and if if Harold had actually invested time into her rather than her brother, I mean, could you imagine how awful she'd be? Mm -hmm. you know, she'd be scary. But maybe, I mean, we'll we'll obviously find out more about, you know, Ward and Harold's relationship and stuff. Um, I feel, I have to say, you feel bad for um, Joy as well when she's talking earlier about how her dad died when she was 13. And you think, yeah. God, like, she has thought all this time that her dad is dead. Like, yep. what an awful thing to make her it's believe, terrible. like, from yeah. Ward and from Harold. Like, it's it's awful. There better be a good reason. <laughs> one that you can't tell us about. The one that I cannot say anything about. Uh, <laughs> so Danny is sitting in his suite, and he sits on the bed, and then he remembers that he's a puppy, so he sits on the floor <laughs> instead. <laughs> Oh, uh, but this scene just reminded me of almost the exact same thing um, Oliver Queen did at the start of Arrow. Of, oh, did know, he? When he came back, <laughs> yeah. Nice. When he came back, he had to sleep on the floor. A lot of people have compared Iron Fist to Arrow, so um, yeah. I can believe yeah. that. I don't really remember much about Arrow, like, first season. I watched a bit of it. Um, but there are similarities between the characters, um, <clears throat> particularly as Danny in this has, like, a little beard as well. <laughs> like um, uh, I'm not a fan of beards. I just wish he'd shave it off completely. I think maybe if he shaves it off, like Finn Jones will look even more baby faced than he does already. Uh, um, maybe that's the issue. I don't know. Maybe that's why they have him have it. We'll have to see. Maybe he shaves it off in the Defenders. Um, but it means that they all have beards because Danny, Luke, well, Matt doesn't really have a beard. He just has like. Five, permanent five o'clock shadow, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, Just so like Jones maybe has like a mustache that <laughs> a, sec a secret <laughs> mustache, but like you know, like uh, what do you call it? Um, nares. <laughs> <laughs> in the comics, um, Foggy grew a mustache for a while, so maybe Foggy will have a mustache in the next series. <laughs> it was a terrible look for him. Um, so. Uh, again, we get the sheets turning into the mountains and the snow, which is something we saw in the last episode. And then we see little Danny being beaten with sticks by some oh yellow God, and green dude. robed monks and mm. crying, and his head's been shaved. We Danny. found this sad, this sad, uh, cold, you know, <laughs> little white boy in the snow. Let's beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Shave his head, beat the shit out of him. Yay! Yeah! What the Aww. hell? Some kind of training there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it ends kind of mysteriously as well of 
drops of blood with footprints leading away from them, it looks like, as well. Well, I didn't see the footprints, I just saw the blood. No, there were footprints right next to it. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder whose footprints they are. I don't know, but I'm like, hmm. Uh, so in the next scene, Joy is sitting at her desk staring at her M&M's. <laughs> now she's got the M&M's on her desk. They're not just in there. You know, all, you the know. Proof. all the proof. It's, well, it's all the proof. She has to have it on display in case anyone oh, asks where's her proof. That, she can point. Yeah, at least they didn't have them in the uh, key bolt, you know, really oh, emphasizing the gross. point. <laughs> oh, that's that what I thought. Good. That's what I, I thought she had put some M&M's in there. And then she was like, get them God, that would be like, like they would the... taste so gross. That would be like that horrible money smell. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, so gross. Um, so this is when like Ward that says that worked on that worked on Mel though. By the way, she's like, man, I want M and M's. True. I ate M and M's last week, and they were very nice. Yeah. Oh, well, their product placement paid off. It did, like rare product mm. placement in something that it actually worked on me. So well done, M and M's. I remember even when I... I watched it the first time and this time. <laughs> I remember the product placement in. Uh... The first couple seasons of um, oh uh, House of Cards. Oh really? PlayStation. Oh. Yeah. He was like he was like playing. Like, he was like playing his PS3 like he was playing shooters all the time. Mm-hmm. Just this old old politician playing like Call of Duty or whatever. And then the next season they had like the little uh, Sony PlayStation handheld. Like he went to somebody's apartment and he's like, "There's this kid playing a handheld." And this 40, 40 50 year old guy's like. Is that a PlayStation Vita? <laughs> like, oh, this is so like obvious. Oh, I think the worst one is like in a lot of films, um, like you see by like the action films, but mainly like the Michael Bay ones, and it's just product placement after product placement after product placement. It's terrible. They shove it right in your face. Oh, so bad. I remember didn't, in the didn't islands, didn't one of there the Transformers like... actually transform from a product placement into a Transformer oh, at one probably. point. Probably, yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. Also, another funny one is in Baywatch. In, like, the early seasons, I think it was Pepsi that they um, they all drank. And there was, like, a Pepsi machine in the um, in the lifeguard house. And then a couple of seasons later, they obviously lost that sponsorship. I think it was in the early ones. They lost that sponsorship. So it was A... What's it called? A&W and, a and Cream Soda? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Something I mean, like that. So, there is that. Well, that, <laughs> that, that was it. That, I couldn't remember the name of it. But that was, so instead they had that machine, and then in every scene it would be like Mitch going, Hey, Hobie, you want an A&W cream soda? And he's like, A&W cream soda? I love A&W cream soda, Dad! <laughs> Winks at camera, and it's like, oh. <laughs> and it went on for like two seasons or something like that, and then they went back to Pepsi. And every time they opened the fridge, it was just full of A&W cream soda. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Um... So Danny meets Joey for coffee, and this is when she says there's no proof of Danny Rand. I love, and I laughed out loud both times I saw it, Danny's reaction to drinking coffee. (laughs) His face. First of all, he doesn't know what the little stirrer stick is. He's looking at it like, what is this? And then he drinks it, and his face is kind of like... (laughs) It's like my cat when you shove like an orange under her nose, and she smells it, and it's just kind of like disgust but also what the hell is this and also i'm kind of intrigued well that's the problem isn't it when you you're handy coffee that's probably instant coffee because i hated coffee until i actually had a proper filtered 
bad coffee is awful. But also, this is the first time he's had coffee. He's never had coffee yeah. before. So his face is just like... Ugh. So also now, if he, like, for instance, had was flirting with Misty Knight, which obviously we know is going to happen because they're in love forever, and she asks him to go for coffee, quote, unquote, he's going to be like, no, oh, it's gross. And Misty's going to be like, well, screw you, <laughs> or not. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I mean... She'll just if tell he him says, he hasn't had the right kind yet. Mm. Well, well, the thing is, he'll give off mixed signals. He'll say, no, I'm more of a tea kind of guy. And in that scenario, that's kind of a signal for something else. <laughs> oh, true. maybe the reply to that. Oh, I know a great guy for you, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His name's He's Luke a Cage. tea guy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, in the next scene, Danny sneaks into the hospital. Byron <laughs> just gets in there. And doesn't at all suspect this man who's super, like, not friendly. And he's like, hey, man, can you help me look for this x-ray? And he's like, yeah, it's uh, over there. Let me just put on my knuckle yeah, duster. Also, yeah, he doesn't put two together that, yeah, he's the super suspicious guy who happens to be in exactly the same place, like the only bit of evidence. And there's an unconscious me. woman he's... lying on the floor. <laughs> Yes, his spider sense does not go off. But I like this little fight. I thought this was a cool little fight. Danny defending like himself with a book. He breaks the his little brass knuckle things. Oh, that was awesome! Yeah, flew into pieces. Yeah, that mm. was great. And I like it when he swings. He like swings through the shelf of files. And I wrote in my notes, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I like the cool I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I found it. I found it so odd that they just thought of this when he did. Like, they scrubbed everything about his life except for the broken arm thing, and they yeah. both thought of it at the same time. Convenient. What, did, did Ward see a pair of skaters go past his office window as well? <laughs> or maybe Ward and Danny... Running around the neighbourhood. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Danny carries out the, uh, the unconscious staff member before the explosion. And this was in the trailer... <laughs> the scene of him carrying this person out, and a lot of people thought that this was him carrying Claire Temple and that she was working at the hospital again, because this is obviously in, in a hospital. But no, oh. we don't even see who this is. She's unknown, well, unnamed of, person. Of course there's only one hospital in New York. Of course, well, of course there yes. is. <laughs> Come on, I've been there. There's only one hospital. There's only one graveyard as well. <laughs> um, so it cuts to that shot of Danny looking at fire in a restaurant window and then he goes in and has a go at Ward um, and he says you're the only one who knew was there when I broke my arm you're the only one who knew and I was thinking there must be other people who knew like I'm sure you know Joy would have known because Danny would have turned up with his arm in a cast yeah Yeah. but also this is more evidence of their psychic link but because how else would he find out where he is exactly (laughs) Exactly. Well, he's really good at sniffing people out. He was just like... <laughs> <laughs> so he sniffed him out. Um, and But this is kind of heartbreaking when they when Joy says, I'm not your sister, he's not your brother, we don't we don't want you here. Aww, it sad. is, but I wouldn't want this dude here either. Like, if I Joy, like, this guy's just been showing up at my house... And even if I believed he's, you know, my dead friend, it's not like we've been friends for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 10 anymore or whatever, however old she was, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. he's, you can't force friendship like that. That's just rude. That's how also, I became friends it's... with you, Tammy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I started yeah, stalking you, you turning up at your house, house. <laughs> with oranges and incense. <laughs> Sorry, I guess you grew on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a restaurant, and he literally threatened and shouted at them. So yeah, it's crazy. And he pushes the waiter over. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, even yeah. if you are Danny Rand, you're, you know. Yeah, you're you're a dick. I mean, like, it's a common down. Calm your shit down, Danny. Seriously. Yeah. Um, this oh, I think was one of. He, he's almost on a um, Sam Beckett level of not being able to cloak. <laughs> uh, look, no one is as unable to cloak their shit as Sam Beckett. <laughs> that man does not know how to pretend. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I think this is one of the scenes that they showed at the um, uh, at Comic-Con from uh, Iron Fist. Uh, I think this is one of the ones Rebecca mentioned to me that they showed. Um so, in the next scene, Joy is worrying about facing Hogarth because she's like, oh, I have no info. And Ward gives her all the info they have on Danny from his safe. And I was thinking, if there's no mention of Danny anywhere, like, where, what is this info? It's just <laughs> his, per- it's his personal feelings that's and the, thoughts. Oh. <laughs> from all the places where they couldn't find the info on him. Maybe. That's what I think. Maybe. I thought they would have destroyed it. Like every, it seems like every time... People try to do something. They're like, "Damn it, those meachums!" You know? <laughs> I would have gone away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky meachums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the ones... Yeah, and Joy wishes that she could hate Danny, but she can't. And then uh, she tells Ward that Danny says that Harold visited him, and we see Ward's face go, "Oh shit! <laughs> what the hell?" And then in the next scene. Joy puts her keys in the bowl in her apartment and then stares at the bowl. And I remember yeah. when I was watching this, I was thinking, what the hell's that about? <laughs> well, <laughs> not even picking up on the bowl and being shown thing as well. Yeah, but I was like, okay, why are you looking at your keys, Joy? <laughs> uh, it's very strange. Uh, so what, I know it's skipping ahead, but what okay. changed her mind? Like, she was so mean to him in the restaurant and like trying to... It was to... all an act. Was it all an act? I think so. Where where did her mind get changed? I, I, think, I think her mind changed. was changed in the office when she was with Ward. And then she kind of admitted she wished she could hate Danny, but she can't. And she wished the situation wasn't so complicated. And what would make it simpler is to just go, screw it, he is Danny. Part of her, I think, thinks that he is entitled to his money. And then it would be simpler to just give him the money. Because she doesn't know that Harold is alive. Yeah. You and know. in her mind, she probably thinks, right, just give him what he wants, then we can just get on with business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, there's, it's just going to go, you know, it's it's going to get more complicated. He's got um, uh, Hogarth involved. She probably knows that Hogarth is relatively ruthless. It's just going to get dragged out and dragged out, you know, and yeah, be and, kind of ugly you know, for everyone. And at least this way, uh, they okay, have a chance of of regaining some kind of friendship, maybe. Which she probably does care about as well, because, you know, she lost Danny and her dad in relatively short succession. So it's kind of like getting back at least one person, you know, she lost in her life. I don't know. Uh, she's trying to mend things with Danny by doing this? 
Uh, I think maybe partly. She kind of, I don't know, she kind of screwed it up a little bit, though, already. I don't know. But, um, uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because she, she seems to have some divided loyalties in a way, because, you know, at some point, I can't remember when the conversation she has with Ward is about Ward wanting, thinking about giving it all up. She, mm-hmm. she enjoys... Uh, running the company. Yeah, she loves, he, uh, she loves Ward. She loves Rand. Yeah, and it, it's it's actually really good to actually start getting these complexities about both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, this is the turning point it, for the characters, definitely. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Um. So Matt, you are yes. a Colleen Wing fan. Tell me your thoughts on the next scene. It was great to watch, but I was like. What changed her mind? I was like, why is everyone changing their minds? Uh, <laughs> no, she, but she, uh, yeah, she's like, you dishonor yourself when you fight for money, and then here she is. Yeah. Are we supposed to infer that she's been doing this the whole time? You know, I think no. she was like, because when Cause these people were surprised to see her. Well, I mm-hmm. think when he said, oh, this is a way to support my family, that she's like, hmm, support my family. Hmm. I thought if it was a. And then she's like, don't do it again. And then she's like, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> you don't show up, you won't see me doing this. So she I probably thought, felt like she could do it. After. I thought if they were going to have, like, established this traditionally, they would have had, like, a little scene between that scene of her and Daryl and this scene where maybe she was, like, you know, picking up her mail and there's, like, all these bills that are, like, Im- impending or whatever in red. And she's, like, yeah. sitting there going doing the calculations with her little calculator and like, oh, no, and there's like a little montage and then that's what makes her decide. I think they that would have been the cliche to, thing to do. They managed to do it very subtly, though, because I think in the first or second episode, she has a line to her students that, you know, they've got to pay for this because um, what another group, uh, what you, you know, actually pays more for this building. Oh, than al- yeah, she, Alcoholics uh, Anonymous. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you know, early in the episode, she says she can't even afford to repair the door. I yeah. actually saying about that, I did think at that point, oh, that's something her and Jessica Jones could bond over is having <laughs> broken doors and not being able to afford to fix them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but this fight scene I enjoyed. Um, of course, she ends up fighting I, I like the you... biggest guy there. Yeah, I wanted to know who this creep is, where he gets his jollies from beating on women. He's rusty. (laughs) Rusty. I've seen this several times, though, you know, of um, a woman comes into the ring that's clearly experienced, and this big muscle guy comes up to challenge her, and, you know, she'll beat him down. Yeah. I mean, this guy doesn't watch movies, because it's always where you have someone (laughs) coming into the ring who who doesn't look imposing, like Peter Parker in the first Spider-Man. And you've got Bonesaw McGraw being like, oh, you tiny little man, I'm going to destroy you. And, of course, Spider-Man wins. It's always the same way, whether it's, like, little skinny Spider-Man or it's, like, um, you know, tiny Colleen Wing. They're going to destroy you. This is a universe where superheroes exist, so you've got to therefore think, okay, right, yeah, I should expect something like this to happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um... I like the bit where she does the double elbows to Rusty's chest and it does nothing and she looks surprised. She's like, oh no. 
That was great. And she does the leopard punch that um, Danny kind of taught her earlier. And that's another kind of, you know, a trope of, you know, a couple of fighting and one of them, you and they're kind of, you know, fighting, fighting, flirting, and one of them will teach the other one a, a move, and then that move will be what comes in handy later. I've seen that a lot in a lot of things. That's not happening. I, I really wish it would. <laughs> Are you saying your life is not a movie, Tammy? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I wish my life was a musical. That'd be great. Uh, so when uh, Danny and Hogarth arrive at Rand, uh, Danny is dressed up like a little schoolboy, and it's kind of adorable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's wearing a little blazer. You notice later on part of that outfit he's wearing white trainers yes um, <laughs> our listener Rebecca had a lot to say about his trainers it, also if you listen to the interview with Stephanie Maslansky which um, I would say you guys can listen to there are spoilers for um, I think a, a bit later in the series but I don't think it's anything major so I would say you guys could listen to it no problem don't listen to the one with um, uh, with David Sakurai though because that does have spoilers but uh, the Stephanie Malansky one, you could. But we talked for a bit about um, how trainers are awesome to wear with uh, in offices and how more people should wear trainers in offices because they're so comfy and that you should wear them with suits. And she talked uh, but, about like, influences on his costume. But the fantastic thing is that it's just they're not black trainers. They're bright white trainers. <laughs> it's just the contrast. Like yeah. an elderly yeah. gentleman. Because that's what I, I always picture when I see, like, a dude wearing a suit and sneakers. I'm like, are you 75? And that's <laughs> <what> I, <laughs> no, and, and maybe it's just because my grandfather, that's, like, how he would dress. Like, just, if he had disappeared If he had disappeared <laughs> in the early 90s, I could forgive him, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's almost as if he was wearing the school uniform he never got to wear, though. I like the idea that he disappeared when he was a kid, so he has no idea. And then he spent, like, 15 years barefoot, so he has no idea how to wear grown-up shoes. So he just mm-hmm. buys a pair of sneakers. <laughs> and he wouldn't need to wear shoes, because he's going to have full-on hobbit feet by this point. <laughs> those are going to be callous to anything, those feet. Um, so no, Joy... I'm just now actually imagining Hogarth sending him for a pedicure. <laughs> Maybe he had one at the dog groomers. Oh, yeah. it'd, be scene, it'd be the scene from uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it really <laughs> would be. <laughs> With the grinder. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, so this is where they offer the new amount, which is 20 million plus a restraining order. And Hogarth's like, no, no, no. Uh, full rights, 51% plus a corner office and 1 million per year housing. That's not bad. I mean, seeing as that's a bonus, I'd take that on its own. Um, and then what did you guys think when she's like, here's my proof, a bowl. <laughs> yeah. I figured I'm... there would be fingerprints on it. And then I was like, no, don't give it to him. He's going to smash it. Yeah, yeah, that's just what smash I it. thought was going to happen. I thought he totally was going to, especially when he grabs it. And he, he does kind of put it on the table a little rough. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. God. Um, also, Danny is terrible at spelling because I would have thought, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, he he spells happy with one P. I would have thought he would have spelt birthdays wrong, you know, but happy with yeah. one P, I don't know, that's weird. Uh, I really, yeah, I really wanted Ward to just drop that thing and be like, oops, yep. the wind. <laughs> oops, butterfingers. <laughs> uh, oh, but Hogarth would then, 
Well, it's good that that wasn't the original. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got a replica made just, <laughs> yeah. just, just in case. <laughs> and then he drops that one and she goes, and I knew you'd do that as well, and pulls another one out of her bag. <laughs> Uh, I like as well that Danny and uh, Joy kind of lock eyes over the table because I think Danny kind of realizes it must have come from Joy. I mean, we don't know because Danny, Joy could be locking eyes with him to be like, "You bastard! You broke into my place and stole that." We don't know. Again. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and I do like that Danny tells Ward it's not about the money; it's because his name means something. I think that's. I like yeah. that. It's nice. Yeah, it means something. The name Rand. Um, and this is when he sees the portrait of Wendell, Misha Collins, and Harold. And then he sees Wendell phone someone. And he's obviously uh, curious. So he follows him up to Meacham Tower. Yeah, and he can't sne- sneak at all. <laughs> no. It's because of those new trainers are speaking. They... They're like, well, that was the thing. It was like, so he's got these like bright white trainers on. And they do this like overhead shot of him. And his feet look ginormous. It's <laughs> like... I was like, how are you walking around? You're like a clown. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, you already been... think he's got giant toes, Tammy. I do. Maybe and, um... he is a hobbit. Aww. Maybe. That wall would have been much easier to climb without the shoes. But uh... I know. I was thinking, did he kick the shoes off? Um, and then I looked and no, he's still got them on. But uh, um... that that did look pretty easy to climb if you could get over the, the fact that you're up so high. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he he fails. I mean, I mean, well, sorry. First of all, we have this little um, scene between Ward and Harold, which I love because Ward is okay. like pointing out the fact that actually, no, he can do what he wants because he can go out and about and everything. And obviously Harold can't. And I think that kind of pisses Harold off a bit. Um, and uh, and then Harold also says that if Ward was to go to the New York Times to say that Harold was alive, Ward and Joy would be killed. Um <sighs> I have a question. Where did uh, Danny get this credit card from that he opens the window with? <laughs> I just thought what, uh, that What's-Her-Face uh, gave it to him. That Hogarth gave him a credit card, and that's why he, how oh, he got new clothes. I thought she gave him cash, but maybe she did give him a credit card. Maybe, it's, was... the, um, maybe it's an entry card for um, oh, his apartment. Oh, maybe. Maybe. That might be true, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um. Yeah. We don't know who this is that runs up and pushes him off the ledge. No. I think it's the Malcolm guy. Is that his name? Uh, Meacham. Kyle, yeah. Kyle! Kyle. No, Kyle Kyle. will never do that. Do not not besmirch the good name of Kyle. uh, You know what happened? He's like, ah, I got hit the window. Push. (laughs) (laughs) And and Danny's face when just before he falls is pretty funny. (laughs) It did make me laugh. He's like, what? As well, though. I had to re- I had to replay the scream a couple of times because it's not the <laughs> Wilhelm scream, but it's the silliest scream ever. <laughs> it is it is really enjoyable that moment. I watched it a couple of times, seeing him being pushed out of a window. <laughs> and I did think to myself, Danny, you're not Daredevil. You can't be doing climbing up high. You know, you're not the man without fear. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, his face before yeah, he falls I... is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of I was like, oh well, I guess that's the end of the series. I guess we're <laughs> now. Yep. Uh, the next uh, well, we're three episodes then... in. We've got ten episodes left, and it's actually the Defenders uh, next week, guys. Surprise! 
Oh, yes. Well, I was going to say, actually, no, no, no. You're actually going to find out Colleen Wing's new Iron Fist. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the They're like the Slayers, when one just... dies, another one gets caught. <laughs> 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 what if the rest of the season is just like a really elaborate funeral? That's... <laughs> okay, the, no, the rest that, of the season. Because like, has watched ahead. Already, like I was asked, I told her I was like, "Oh, I said I guess the the season's over," and I said, "I don't know what they're doing the rest of the the time," and she goes, "Well, I don't want to spoil you, but it's just going to be a very long funeral." And I <laughs> funeral. <laughs> Josie speaks the truth. Tammy speaks the truth. <laughs> um. So that is the end of the episode, guys. So you think it was? Uh, so if you don't think it was Carl who pushed him, who do you think it was? Madam Gal? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, Madam Gal, look how the window. Oh! Yes, it's the Iron Fist. Solved it. <laughs> Out the window. Right, guys, we are one week, question mark, from Easter. Is that right? Two weeks? One week? Two weeks? I don't know. Um, so I've got some Easter eggs for you guys. Tis the season. Are you ready? Oh, it's still Lent! It's still Lent! Well, these are special <laughs> non-chocolate Easter eggs. They are made out of carved-out pumpkins and gourds. <laughs> I thought they were those mini papier-mâché um, Easter eggs that people put on their Easter hats. <laughs> That's not as fun as a carved-out gourd painted to look like an egg, Ian. Come on. Oh, Just no, as I like not. saying the word gourd. <laughs> Gord sounds like when my granddad used to say God, but he was a bit of a cockney, so he'd be like, Gord! <laughs> anyway, so Easter egg one. Colleen refers to herself as the daughter of the dragon. In comics, she and Misty Knight together are known as Matt. They're known as Matt. <laughs> they are known as the daughters of the dragon. You didn't bring that up when, when, when we got to that scene. I know. Well, I saved it for your Easter eggs, Matt. Can't go <laughs> skipping ahead to your Easter eggs. No, you would ruin your appetite. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fight referee, who's wearing the kind of funky uh, suit, is uh, in the credits is referred to as the Ringmaster. And there is a character called the Ringmaster in the comics, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. And he was a villain from the Circus of Crime. <laughs> <laughs> which seems really dumb but um, a lot of people are like oh well, maybe it's that character but we don't know, he's probably not What what's worse, the circus of crime or the religion of crime from DC from what? <laughs> the religion of crime, is, isn't that a thing? I have not, the religion they've of crime? they've got the crime bible and everything you mean, oh you mean Catholicism? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they, they, that's a thing in DC that they've got you know, the religion of crime with the crime bible and the actually cut high priests of crime and oh everything. Word. That sounds insane. I don't know. <laughs> DC stuff I have no idea about. Uh, so a couple of other ones. They're not really Easter eggs, but it's just like little details. So I didn't notice in this episode, and I didn't actually notice in the rest of the episodes, but other people did. So it's something to look out for. But apparently Hogarth still has a scar on her cheek from when she was cut up by Wendy. Although I can't see it. I didn't notice it. But other people said they noticed it in uh, another episode. So keep an eye out for it. Um, and another thing I like is uh, that I forgot to mention in a previous episode. I like the fact that obviously um, 
there's something going on with the hands, possibly with Harold, and they left the handprint on the window. But I like the fact that you also have the handprint to get into his apartment. I thought that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. It's just handprints everywhere. And that's your Easter eggs, guys. Lovely gourds. Uh, so now, <laughs> now it is time for quotes. And I'm going to do a creepy Harold Meacham quote to start with. Hey. I love you, Ward. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, God. Straight off the kidney punching him. Ah. Uh, Ian, do you have any quotes? Um, yeah. Let's start off with um, Danny. I'm Danny Rand, as in the building. I'm Collie Ring, who can't afford to repair a door. I can't. <laughs> I'm sure I've got that wrong, but. It's, it's just, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. Danny Rand. <laughs> uh, Tammy? Uh, actually, let Mel go first. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to act when... at least. <laughs> it's fine. I just have, it's very short. It's when Hogarth is like, uh, where have you been all these years? And he's like, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Hardest thing he's said. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Um, Tammy? All right. Uh, you chatter like monkeys. <laughs> Your kicks and punches are like lace curtains. And all I thought is of Dr. Horrible and Captain Hammer. Like, uh, <laughs> it's curtains for you, Dr. Horrible. Lacy, gently wafting curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Captain Hammer should be in, like, that class. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you have any quotes? I forgot, so I'll just say, Neil. Neil <laughs> before gal. <laughs> I have another one. <laughs> I have another one, which is between Hogarth and Danny, which is I'm staying at the Chikara. Is that the new place in Brooklyn with the glass floor? No, it's a dojo. It has plastic mats. Ah. <laughs> and I love. I have. I have to say about. Oh, go on. Sorry. Sorry, Sam. I was just going to say, also, obviously, um, Hogarth's quote later, um, where Ward says that her best asset is her sense of humour, and then Hogarth says, I'm glad you mentioned my sense of humour. I thought it was my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I love you, Hogarth. Um, I was going to say another Danny quote, which is, I had a dream about him, too. I thought he was a hungry ghost. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when he said hungry ghost, all I could think of for some reason was Pac-Man, like the little ghost in (laughs) Pac-Man. Oh, dear. So, uh, now it is time for feedback, and we have an email from Nutty, first of all. Mel, you are back. You must read. We don't have one from Sedna, so you must read this one instead. Is that okay? Um... I am at the point of hate-watching this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, I think it will pick up. I hope it will. So far, I like the acting that Finn Jones is. Danny feels like a little boy. He never learned how to be an adult or act like a ma- an adult. His impulses are childlike. A forced, arrested development, if you will. Yeah. Hogarth is here, and I love her. <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss is great, and I believe her character so much. I know she is using Danny for her own purposes. But she will also take care of him, too. If she thinks people are shady, how shady must the Meachams be? Shady, <laughs> ah, shady. Yeah, uh, Colleen Wing's Jessica and Henwick is gorgeous, and I should watch her... Oh, I could. I should watch her. <laughs> I should watch her all day. <laughs> I should watch her all day. I could, I could watch her all day. I agree with you, Nutty. I think yeah. she's very pretty. Yeah, I love um, her. Yeah. Even if I'm having problems with her character, she's just stunning. 
When someone makes Finn Jones look like some plain white guy, they are either Natalie Dormer or Jessica Henwick level of stunning. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does like uh, act of like opposite, like stunningly beautiful women often. Does he? Well, in Game of Thrones, like his sister was played by Natalie Dormer, and she's gorgeous. What is? Oh yeah, I. That's where I've seen him before. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, oh he's the god. Knight of Flowers, Mel. Yeah, I didn't know. Whoa. But he's brave, oh, brave, name... brave, 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 Saloris. <laughs> 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 totally blown <laughs> yeah. uh, Um, Madame Gao is amazing, and I will always be her fangirl. Hell yeah! <laughs> As I've said I mean... on Facebook before, Madame Gao is my old inspiration. Like, she's who I want to be when I'm elderly. I want to be <laughs> <laughs> a possibly evil old Chinese lady. <laughs> <laughs> Meachums are stupid. They could have easily not paid off Danny and gotten him just to be their puppy if they just <laughs> gave him to his emotional needs. How many times does a dude have to say he doesn't care about money? You can manipulate him all you want, let him wait till your big deal is over before going public. Spit it into a heartwarming story that gets people on your side for helping out a long-lost friend who went through a trauma and needs your help. At, at any point, before Joy said he isn't family, he would have figured, forgiven everything and done everything anything they wanted if they just gave him a virtual pat on the head and told him he was a good boy. Who's a good boy? Yeah. Who's a good boy? <laughs> Doggy Rand is a good boy. <laughs> and I really think that uh, Joy wants to scratch behind his ears, so. <laughs> oh, definitely. I wouldn't mind giving him a pat on the head with that, that nice curly hair. I'd be like, oh, just like scrunch his hair up. <laughs> Daddy Meacham has the wrong kid in his confidence. <laughs> Joy is much more shrewd than Ward. How come they don't call him Daddy Meacham in this show? <laughs> I mean, I was, I didn't you invent Daddy that, Tammy? I'm so, yeah, I was like, I'm so glad that somebody else was calling him Daddy Meacham. <laughs> That's what he is in my notes. I don't call him Harold at all. <laughs> I only call him Harold because I just put an H. I always put initials of characters, so he's H. So then I'm like, oh yeah, Harold. But maybe I'll start putting DM instead for Daddy Meacham. Now <laughs> think. No, I'm thinking Gao is Nana Gao. What? what? <laughs> kind of, I know. She's not related, but in this kind of, she is in this weird way of kind of, she's in this parental role to Daddy. Daddy oh, she's Gao. Mummy Gao? She's Nana. She, so she's the Nana oh, of the Nana family. Oh, Nana Gao. We would just yeah. say she's like Nanny McPhee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, twisted, twisted Nanny McPhee. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Joy is much more shrewd than Ward and more competent. He knows this, and yet Ward is who he trusts? I think part of it is he doesn't mind kind of abusing Ward, and he wouldn't want to abuse Joy because maybe he prefers her, but I mean, he's still abusing her by making her think that he's dead. But yeah, I don't think he would... I don't think I don't think it would fly to see him slapping his daughter around. Mm-hmm. Either. So it's kind of weird that when he wants anything done properly, he says... Get your daughter to sister to do it. Yeah. It's kind of, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for Ward. I feel bad for both of them. Danny talks about respecting a dojo, but doesn't respect Colleen. He keeps telling her she's wrong. And yeah, there's a lot wrong there, but I won't go into it. <laughs> and uh, why not? And uh, <laughs> and undermines her and her junior instructor, and then not only hits her student with the shinia, ouch, and a non i. Oh man, I don't know how to I say that. I, I, I think it's I-A-I-D-O. I, I, Please I, correct I, I, us, um, 
uh, not see if we're wrong. In the non-Iaido class, is it's that probably Iado. Iado, okay, Iado. Iado class. When which she explains why it's a bad idea, but he's putting her insurance at risk, and she could lose her dojo for letting unregistered teachers beat on her students. True. Oh my yeah. god. Although I don't think he's got any idea on insurance at this point. Yeah. Um, especially if they didn't sign up for a class using Shinya like that. Remember, she teaches every martial art. <laughs> that is kind of crazy when you think about it. Except for Kung Fu. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, Colleen gives her student crap for f- fighting uh, in illegal fights that are on a roof of some construction site, but has a permanent cage set up, and the cops <laughs> aren't there shutting it down. The cops are the cops are busy like uh, fighting ninjas yeah. <laughs> in New York. <laughs> well, yeah, depending on where it is, they've also, you know, had to deal with um, everything that went the down Punisher. on the cage as well, yeah. and Punisher, and yeah. <laughs> All being corrupt. Yeah, there's not many uh, police left in New York, I think, at this yeah. point. <laughs> Commissioner Stanley's really got his work cut out for him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she ends up doing the same thing. I was really hoping the big muscle guy was a student of hers, and they were running a scam. <laughs> that would have been cool. Or he was a cop or something. She was helping out. Nope. She steps in. We get the idea. Everyone thinks she's an easy target. So anyone who challenges her looks like a jerk who wants to beat up an easy target. Yep. This trope is better served by the weaker party challenging the big guy. That's true. So many other issues, but I have hope this will pick up. I think the backstory is being drug out for no reason, but hopefully we will get somewhere. The Iron Fist effect is cool. The fighting is awful, and I have seen better fighting <laughs> on early seasons of Buffy. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Colleen's students make me cringe. Well, I think that was on purpose, though, that they were bad. Mm-hmm. Like, although they were especially bad. I was like, there's no way. Like, I feel like this is, like, like mega levels of bad. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, don't you think that, Matt? Like, a lot of newbies that come in, they at least, like, look like they're trying to throw a decent punch. And these people didn't? These people, like, were not even trying, you know? They look like they're goofing off. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he gets so upset and beat them with a stick. I guess so. <laughs> That's what you do. Um, yeah. Um, it might be they are so poor to make her look better because the fighting is bad in this show, but I just cringe. I hope the newbies are making it through. Just remember, Defenders will have people we love, so it's worth getting through this just to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nutty. <laughs> uh, Nutty sent us feedback for, I think, the next three episodes, so she's... Oh, through so the next three episodes, at least. Okay. She stuck with it, so that's good. We'll have to wait and see so what she She, she got as much uh, through as what the reviewers did before it was officially oh. released, right? Uh, yeah, they was got up six, to episode six, episode six. Yeah. yeah. And out of the first six episodes, most reviewers said that episode six was their favorite. Hmm. Uh, interestingly uh, as well, that... that is the one that was directed by uh, uh, a certain little man uh, called Riza, Sammy. Oh, neat. Yeah. Well, I hope she continues to send feedback after that. Yeah. Yeah, please send us feedback, Nutty. Particularly with, like, knowledge about martial arts, because I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We need, like, little uh, pronunciations for stuff as well. (laughs) Like, like it needs to be spelled out phonetically. Let me mansplain. (laughs) Because we're like, whoop. It's called Nutty Splain It. (laughs) Yeah, Nutty Splain. (laughs) Nutty explains it all. Uh, and we have a voicemail from Moira that I've sent to Tammy. You're playing it? Yeah. Thanks, mate. 
Hey, Defenders Podcast. It's Moira. Just giving you some thoughts on episode three. Watched it last night with my hubby. Um, okay, so Danny in the dojo. Danny in the dojo <laughs> is dangerous. <laughs> um, come on, man. You don't... You think, okay, she's not trying to make warriors, Danny. She's not. So get a grip. Dial into reality. Realize these are just a bunch of kids and a kind of a seedy part of town trying to do some positive things with their after school time um but i keep hoping we're gonna see um oh damn which character was it that um pulled down the oh it was claire wasn't it claire yeah we're gonna see claire show up in one of the classes that would just make my day that would make me a very happy girl um but speaking of crossovers between different different defender podcasts or defender or you know what i mean speaking of that <laughs> i was really happy to see um hogarth jerry hogarth back again because first i just i like the actress and she's badass and um she just oh she was so perfectly confident and sarcastic and smarmy and put weight in his place and that made me a happy girl um because <laughs> i i do enjoy watching Wayne trying to be badass but you know, right. <laughs> when his dad kidney punches him, it just makes me think, oh, Wade, you're just a big baby. You really are. You're just a, uh, you're a, 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 a man-child is what you are. Um, <laughs> and then speaking of his dad, almost made me giggle when, you know, the hand shows up, uh, the disembodied voice, and tells him to kneel in the glass. And all I could think was, dude, just brush the glass to the side. Jesus, you put your hands right into it, you moron. <laughs> but... Whatever, okay, if that's what you felt you had to do. And um, as far as the the thumbprint on the little piece of childhood pottery, um, i got to be honest, I should have gone back and looked, but I, I, I know when, when um, Danny visited Joy at her house and she let him in the front door, there was a low-camera shot focusing on these beautiful, gorgeous bouquet of, of um, I think, pink flowers on her Beauty. on her hallway uh, entrance table. Um, and I remember thinking, why, why are they showing us the flowers? It's, just, it's, like, a, it's like a house and homes, <laughs> uh, home and garden kind of, kind of shot. I thought it was kind of odd. Um, so I didn't bother to go back and look, but I'm assuming that probably that little piece of pottery was there, and that was yeah, the point yeah. of that original <laughs> low-angle shot. Um and in any case, they certainly showed it to us later when Joy puts her keys into it, right? So uh, I, I suppose we're supposed to assume what? That Joy relented and, I don't know, looked on the bottom and realized it would prove Danny was Danny? Like, is that really what happened? Or Danny went back in there later and stole it? I don't think that's what happened. I think Joy somehow got it to, to Jerry. At least that's, that's the way I read it. And you guys, I'll, anyway, I'll be interested to hear what you guys think. Um... So, yeah, in general, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, critics, but I'm I'm still enjoying this. And Danny is a bit of a puppy dog, but you have to admit, he has good balance. He has good balance, Claire. <laughs> I was just at, at yoga trying to do my my, uh, my balance track, my balance positions, and thinking, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's it. That's enough. I'm rambling enough. Uh, I've enjoyed it still. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Talk to you next time, hopefully. Bye for now. Thank you, Moira. I love the fact that like I totally missed the uh, the little bowl on the um on the table in that first shot because I was so distracted by the beautiful like flowers. I was like oh, peonies, <laughs> they're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs>
I, well, I guess maybe that's, like, that's what made me notice them, is she's got these, you know, she just has all this beautiful stuff in her home, and they are, you know, showing her standing next to these peonies and this ugly little bowl next to everything, <laughs> and I was like, what is that? Why is that there? I was like, and, and immediately I was just like, well, that's gonna come back, because why is that it's there? Chekhov's bowl. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Oh, awesome. So thank you guys for your feedback as always. Um, now it's time to score the episode. Ian, you are our special guest, so therefore you get to go first. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. And at this point in the show, watching it back, I remember just wanting to get some answers and just you're getting little insights, little hints at this point. And it's making me want to see more, but watching it a second time, it doesn't quite have the impact it had the first time around, sadly. Okay. Apart from the ending, apart from that, you know, fall from from the building <laughs> and the dead daddy. <laughs> um, but all the same, it's not bad. So uh, I, I'd say seven out of, out of ten dog groomers. Aww. <laughs> Oh, dog groomers. Uh, okay, Tammy? Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of like meh on the episode, or on the show in general, but um, I don't hate it, I don't love it, it's at least like we're seeing some more fighting, I know Nettie does not enjoy the fighting, but I really liked uh, the scene with Colleen in the, in the ring, I thought that was fun, um, but other than that I was just kind of like meh. Uh, Daddy Meacham's super creepy, so <laughs> I kind of can't wait till we explore him more. I think that's when I'm really going to like it, is like when we really get to see like what the hell is going on with him. So um, right now, it's just it's, I just feel like every episode is just set up. And I'm like, how many episodes of setup do we need? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10 flowers and oranges. Aww. Um, 7 out of 10? Was it seven, seven and a half out of ten? Seven point five. Yep. Matthew. Um. Yeah, I still don't get the the ridiculous vitriol that the internet seems to have. Yeah. <laughs> for this show, uh, I don't hate it, but I also don't love it. Like, just like Tammy, <laughs> this is a perfectly serviceable episode. I'll give it eight out of ten. Eight out of ten plummeting heroes. Oh. <laughs> Help me. No, it wasn't that. It was colour. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, it actually was closer to a little donkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Melanie. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, I agree. It's a serviceable episode. It's uh, I don't know. And I'm not like I'm not hating the show. It's it's fine. It's just it's just. It feels like above average so far, <laughs> um, which means that yeah, I'll keep watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good enough to keep watching, I think. Um, yeah, the family is creepy. I agree. It's just too much, too much. It's, it's almost it's almost car- like almost cartoonish. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, it's a little weird. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm, what am I gonna? Re- Seven out of ten strong extremities. <laughs> <laughs> glowy strong extremities 
I'm not going to tell you which extremities, only that they're extremities. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> okay. And I, I agree with you guys. Like, I... Um, I, I I don't get the hatred that the first six episodes got from the critics. I don't understand it. I think it's it's not my favourite out of the shows, like, up to this point. Um, I won't say, obviously, about, about going ahead. Um, but I think, like Matt said, I think it's a it's perfectly good episode. I think, like Mel said, it's above average, um, you know, compared to a lot of a lot of shows i i want to watch what's going on and at this point watching the show i wanted to know what was going on with the creepy meachums um so yeah i mean and i liked bits of this episode i liked um uh the the cage fight with colleen i thought that was good i love the fact that we get jerry back in it um and i like the kind of developments with joy and ward's characters i thought that was really interesting so I am going to give it an uh, 7.5 out of 10. Oh, uh, missing Kyle's in action. Oh, sad. Missing supervillain yeah, Kyle's. We needed Kyle this episode, <laughs> really did. We did. Uh, he'll be back. I always need Kyle in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just wondering now, um, is Carl related to our Clarence from Babylon 5? Mm, why, why are they both uh, awesome uh, characters just... who do far too much work and get no respect? <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, they definitely are. Maybe they're hanging out this week. Yeah. So this episode gets 7.4 out of 10, which is an on average, which is cool. Uh, yeah. So, Ian, thank you for joining us. You just spoke about Babylon 5. Can people hear yes. you anywhere else talking about that? <laughs> well, I tried to do a good segue then. Well, it it's failed. still available, but um, down below Babylon 5 Intracast, we've, last Sunday we recorded our very last episode, but they're all still available for you to find Yay. if you haven't started watching Babylon 5. We do a great little Intracast. Um, we, yeah, we... We went for three and a bit years, and we finally finished it. That's awesome. Yeah, also, I'm also on a, a Doctor Who fan cast called The Web of Queer. It's a uh, Doctor Who from a queer perspective. Sweet. Cool. And occasionally you're on Calabici fashion cast. Oh, yes. Yes, I <laughs> think I'll be on and again in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Uh, Matt and Mel. Well, Mel, we haven't spoken to you for a few weeks. Do you want to plug uh, where else you can be heard, which is coming back soon? Uh, you can hear us on the uh, Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, perhaps when? When? What's the date? I don't remember. I don't know. Within a week of May twenty first. There you go. <laughs> yeah, soon. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Also, well, I will say as well, if you fancy listening to vintage. Uh, baby Matt Mel, Tammy and I, you could listen to Carnicast <laughs> when we yeah. covered the show Carnival when we were babies. Aww. <laughs> we were so young and innocent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tammy, is there anything you want to plug? Another episode of I'll Watch That Movie coming out soon? Oh, I hope so. Uh, but other than that, uh, Calabici Fashion Cast, obviously. Yeah. Um, all we're the all fashions. fashions. <laughs> all the yep. So many fashions. <laughs> And season two, we're covering at the moment, has some really good episodes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. good show. It's, it's, oh, it's a great show. Love it. 
uh, one of the best uh, opening credits as well of any show. Mm. <laughs> Although Tammy, Tammy doesn't watch the opening credits. It's, it's a, well, no, I watch the opening credits for 20 minutes. There's long about 20 opening credits. Later, yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, next week, guys, our episode will be called Eight... Eight diagram? That's not what it's called. Hang on. I'm so badly prepared. <laughs> I don't think it's called eight diagram. I think it's like eight point palm diagram or something. Hang on, let me find out. Oh, so I'm the worst prepared host ever. Eight diagram dragon palm. Eight diagram dragon palm. What's going to happen in that episode, guys? Mm. Hopefully a dictionary will be pulled out and we'll be explaining <laughs> all explain what that means. <laughs> Somebody. What if a dragon shows I'm just, up? I'm just exp- I'm just um, imagining that move from uh, Kill Bill, the five point finger. Oh, the five point bat. exploding palm exploding. technique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody's heart's gonna explode. Oh, that'd be amazing. Whose heart's gonna explode? No, it's gonna be something different. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like I don't know, like a spleen or something. <laughs> the eight. The eight point point. Palm exploding spleen technique. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's gonna be like a really weird organ that nobody knows much about. Ah, <laughs> ah my appendix. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see till next week. Ian, you get to take us out with an excelsior if you like. Hmm. Let's figure out how to do this. Dog excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!